Welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. We'll get to him in a bit, but we're joined by another special guest for this episode of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. Our man in Medellin, Simon Edwards, who's going to join us to break down Jorman Campuzano, a player who plays for Atletico Nacional in Colombia and has been linked with some pretty big clubs. Simon, you've been banging on about Camposano for long enough. We've finally gotten you on the show. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good, thanks. Yeah, it's a player I really like. You know, people people know me for my penchant for a 10, but I'm really, really growing to really appreciate a, a smart five. So we're going to talk about one today. Tom, did you appreciate that penchant Simon dropped in the first <laughs> minute of the podcast? I think he's trying to match you with your je ne sais quoi from a couple episodes ago. Yeah, very uh, Parisian vibe and, and flair going on but yeah any any kind of language uh, mix is, is always good with me so yeah I'm looking forward to talking about Campuzano as well he, he impressed me in the Libertadores this year so Simon let's talk about Campuzano as a player uh, as Tom said he really impressed with the Libertadores this year for Atletico Nacional he was on loan from second division side Deportivo Pereira Atletico Nacional just made that move permanent but it's probably permanent with an eye to sell so that they can end up getting the profit. Break Campuzano down as a player. What impresses you and what do you think allowed him to be so successful in that Libertadores? Yeah, I think he's been, for me, head and shoulders above everyone else for Lesbo Nacional this year. Uh, a team that's been trying to find its feet after an amazing 2016. They then sold everybody, um, brought in a few Argentines and they've tried a few different things and they've been in flux really, but... There's been one guy holding everything together when everything else has been looking a bit a bit desperate, and that's been Camposano. He plays in front of the defence. He's uh, a really good ball winner, very smart. Rather than flying into tackles, he's always there to read the game and tidy thing up, things up. He'll make the occasional slide tackle, but mostly he just sees things before everybody else. So he's covering the space. He's winning the ball very cleanly and passing it very, very smartly. Um, for me, there's a few games in Libertadores when Nacional were just either throwing everything forward or nothing was really working and there were a lot of people losing their heads. And for me, Camposano was the, the one guy organizing everything, being very composed, but lifting players around him, just becoming a real, real leader of the team. Uh, and he's still still pretty young, 22 years old in April. Um, and I think he's exactly the kind of player that a lot of teams will really, really uh, appreciate uh, and obviously links to Argentina and that does feel quite natural at this stage but for me yeah just such a classy classy intelligent uh, deep lying playmaker who's a good ball winner and a good ball user as well and Tom for you the the links with Argentina uh, Boca Juniors look to be interested as do San Lorenzo uh, Simon just said there he thinks that this is kind of a natural career progression move for Camposano at 22 do you think that's what's next for him and what should be next for him yeah I think it's a good move like like Simon said, he's, I think he suits certainly an Argentinian style of the game. The number five is a is a huge position there as much as the number 10. And what I like about him is, is the way he sort of drops in between the centre-backs and, and so kind of orchestrates from the back. He's, it's, it's almost like a quarterback kind of role where he can sling these long uh, forward passes. And he's, he's really impressive with that. A lot of the time you see number fives who are just happy just to sort of pass it sideways but he's actually got a bit more variety with his passing and can create from deep which is definitely what um san lorenzo are lacking they've they've kind of been in in the same way that nacional um have been they've kind of been in flux and a bit of change and uh i think there's no 
Um, surprised that with uh, Jorge Amaron moving there, there he's obviously seen uh, Camposano and and liked what he's seen back in Colombia and he's going to try and bring him across. Um, so ever since they've lost Messier and Ortegosa, they've, they've been missing that kind of anchor in midfield. So San Lorenzo would be a good fit. I don't think they're necessarily the most attractive side to go uh, to now. But as Simon said, there's a lot to be said for a young player impressing in a team that's maybe shambles is a bit too harsh, but certainly a team that's not winning things. Sometimes we profile these players and, and they're, they're thriving, but it's also because they've got a good unit around them. So I think there's something to be said for uh, a player who can rise above and, and get the best out of his teammates as well. So I think San Lorenzo maybe need him more than Boca. Um, maybe if Boca lose Barrios or uh, someone like that, then, then there'd be a, a reason to bring him in and certainly they've got a strong Colombian contingent there. So yeah, I think it would be a nice move that would get him a bit more uh, visibility to a wider audience. Um, but yeah, it seems like a natural move. What do you think, uh, Austin? I think I'm really impressed with your use of quarterback there. You, you would have thought that I would have been the one when bringing up the quarterback. <laughs> have, have you been going to the NFL London games, Tom? Um, I've not been to any. I've, I've uh, seen a lot of uh, fans go, and it's, it's crazy how big it is over here. So, But I'm not a convert just yet. But maybe your influence is, is rubbing off on me a bit there, Austin. It, it was well used. It was well used. And I think that is a, a good kind of comparison for Camposano as to what position he plays. And Simon, it's so important to have a midfielder who can do that role where he's so strong defensively, but also give you something in attack. And I think a lot of the times in South America, we see these players, um, Felipe Melo is one that comes to my mind, who is really good defensively, but just really incapable of doing much offensively. And the only time you trust him to make a pass is when it's sideways or backwards. So what Campuzano can bring to a team is that ability to win the ball, but then go on and do something with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that game against Tucumán for me was was so important, just I mm-hmm. seeing exactly what he's all about. Because Nacional at that point were throwing everything forward. There were six or seven guys. The centre-backs were up. And Camposano was the one guy on the halfway line. And every time there was a Tucumán break, he was so quick to be in the right position to see, OK, this is where the pass is going to be. I'm going to be there straight away. Win the ball. No nonsense at all. No sense of, you know, uh, flying in or, or, or any risk. That's the thing. You know, he's a, he's a guy who's can use the ball and be progressive with the ball, but doesn't take risks at all. Um, yeah, so important, so important. And I think as well, it's very interesting in Colombia, you know, a lot of the attention is on the 10. And we've seen a lot of number 10s coming through. We've spoken about a couple as well. Uh, that's always the fashionable thing. But I think what's happened in Colombia is there's been so many fives, so many defence midfielders, because for every 10, you need a good five behind him. So we've we've seen Wilma Barrios, and I do think he would be a very uh, suitable replacement for Barrios. I think Barrios is a bit more all action, a bit more energetic, a bit more tenacious in his tackling. Whereas I think Camposano is probably a bit better at maybe using the ball a bit more low-key, but I think he would completely fill that position perfectly. I think he would be an ideal uh, solution for Boca in that role. But yeah, as I say, so many number fives, you know, Wilma Barrios, Jefferson Lema is in, in England now, Cuella, Flamengo. So many players in Colombia are coming through as a number five, and that may be you know, all of the attention in Colombia is often on the 10, but I think Colombia is producing a lot of number fives who are, in Camposano's case, perfectly suited to to win the ball, to cover, to do the work of players pushing forward, but then also use it. And, uh, you know, I think Camposano is a player who could be a number 10, could be an attacking midfielder. 
but he has that responsibility and that intelligence and that and that toughness to be a really effective ball winner and then bring the characteristics of a of a playmaker as well but from further further back in the field yeah i like what you said earlier about how he his reading of the game being really important on the defensive side of, side of his game. I, th- I think even when he's bringing the ball forward as well, he's, he's not someone who's necessarily that quick, but he just seems to have that first yard in his head and he can just use his good footwork and kind of just pop the ball past someone or through their legs and, and emerge with it the other side. And I think there's something really effortless about his style that, that that's impressive. Although I, I did notice he's picked up a lot of yellow cards um, in his in his career so far, Simon. So is, is there elements of his game that he needs to work on? I think, but again, I don't want to, obviously that's a, something to be con- uh, conscious of. I think the thing you would say is that if you watch a game, you watch in a stadium and you go, oh, that was good. Who was that? It was Camposano. That was a good, that was a good part of Camposano. Like every, everything seems to be Camposano. Um, there's National playing three midfielders, but everything positive seems to be Camposano, whether it be uh, and a vital tackle. Uh, he is tough, but I would say a lot of the cards are necessary, often necessary, breaking up the play. We've been caught out on the break. Um, so I think some of them are that. He, he does he does, uh, he does does commit himself to, to some strong tackles, but I wouldn't say he's overly aggressive in that, in that regard. I think a lot of them are just accrued through being the only guy winning the ball um, and occasionally picking up a few cards and a few fouls along the way. Uh, not overly aggressive in his tackling, but uh, but I think he makes so many that he, I think that's probably inevitable. So I wouldn't see it as a massive concern. And I do think it's somewhat reflective of the fact that he just does everything for Nacional, um, which again is a big team that dominates often here in Colombia. And I do think that's reflective of a man who's really carrying the team as well, um, both in terms of creation from deep and in terms of his uh, ball-winning work. And Simon, we can't forget that Colombian refs do love themselves a yellow card, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as long-term prospects go for Camposano, Simon, he's 22 now. Um, is late bloomer maybe a fair characterization? Because at 22, a lot of players have maybe already left Colombia. Yeah, I mean, he, he only moved to the Colombian top flight at the beginning of this year. And it was a lot of Argentines coming in, a lot of big transfers. And he was completely under the radar. People were very surprised when he uh, made his debut in the the Charity Shield equivalent, the Supercopa, um, at the beginning of the year. People were like, you know, we've, we've seen all these Argentines coming in. They've signed Vladimir Hernandez. And, and there's this kid from the second division. He can't be any good. And he was immediately very, very important. And he was kind of what saved uh, Almiron um, for, for a to keep his job for as long as he did in Colombia. So, yeah, he was playing for Pereira, was a regular since 2016. So, again, that's, you know, 19 years old in the second division uh, when he became an important first-team player, made his debut in 2015. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to if you're a sensible, uh, no-nonsense defensive midfielder, it's, you don't, people don't notice (laughs) a lot of the time. You know, for me, having watched Nacional, and when you're looking at a big team in big games, uh, you know, against strong opposition, the defensive midfielder does become more more obvious. But if you're talking about a small team, you you never notice the defensive midfielder who keeps the ball and has 98% pass completion or whatever. He's he's just a you know he's not the person who's going to catch your eye. And I think he's somewhat a victim of that. Being sensible, being smart, being consistent, uh, maybe doesn't necessarily get you the international attention, but He's definitely made up for lost time in the 24 games he's played for Nacional this year. 
coming into the to the first team straight away and being very very important um, both in the Copa Libertadores and in the league. Uh, so I, you know I think he's still young enough to be considered young. Um, he's not a kid, but he plays with such maturity that he doesn't really feel like he's lost time in his development, uh, having you know played in the second division for that that period. Um, he was a leader for Pereira and he's a leader for Nacional. And I think he has the intelligence and the qualities that will really, really be well suited for a lot of teams. And Tom, how do you see Camposano fitting in in Europe down the line? Uh, the links now are, are one with the move to Argentina. Um, I would imagine that if those are the links, Brazil could be a possibility as well. Brazilians do love themselves a, a Colombian defensive midfielder, as Simon mentioned with Gustavo Cuellar playing so well at Flamengo this year. But looking two, three years down the line, what do you see of Camposano's future perhaps in Europe and, and perhaps what type of system or, or league do you see him fitting in with best? It's a good question, really, because I think what I've noticed is he does thrive when he's got that space to operate in and, and maybe in Colombia and, and certainly in Brazil, maybe you'd have a bit more time on the ball than, uh, than European leagues. So I think Argentina might be an interesting step because um, while there's still more time on the ball than, than you get in Europe, there's a, a lot of kind of crashing challenges and a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on in, in the middle of the park and that's often where the games are won it's not always the highest quality but you have to have your wits about you so I, I, I think in terms of Europe probably Italy or Spain would would seem the best fit I, I can't see him being a type of player who would go in to an English club and make an instant impact just because it would just be a completely different style of, of football. And we've seen as for every success story like, like Lerma at Bournemouth, um, you know, we've also had players like Carlos Sanchez, who as, as great players as they are, they, they've struggled um, initially if they're kind of more of a, I don't know, cerebral number five um, who, who like to play the ball around a bit. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think, the fact that you know he's not even taken this next step in his career means it's hard to say where he'd pop up. I've I've not really seen any links to to any moves outside of South America just yet. So um, I, I definitely think he is someone who has the the quality to go to Europe. And we saw with Barrios as well. Again, another sensible defensive midfielder who who maybe might seem like a late bloomer, um, and he's had a bit of time in Boca now and he's, he's getting the plaudits he deserves. So maybe, maybe that is uh, a good sort of career path where he can spend two years in Argentina and, and about the age of 24 uh, then move on. So I, th I think it's going to be interesting. And what really intrigues me about him is Camposano seems like a slightly different style of midfielder to a lot of other Colombian midfielders in that position. I mean, I don't know what's, uh, what Simon thinks about this, but I, I just really was interested to know sort of in the context of Colombian football, where does Camposano fit in and, and has he got a future with the national team? Well, he made his debut as well. We, uh, we should mention that as well. He made his debut in a recent friendly. So again, it's a weird one because these friendlies uh, aren't taken particularly serious in Colombia. But he was chosen ahead of the likes of Victor Cantillo, who is another one who's very interesting as a as a ball playing defense midfielder. So he's definitely rated, um, and I do think I think that Boca move. Uh, if Wilma Barrios goes, I think Boca couldn't find a better replacement, and I don't think Camposano could find a better move. To be honest, um, Boca love these Colombian defense midfielders going back to Cerno, and there's been so many. And I think 
I think you're right. He is slightly different because he is he does you know he's smart first and foremost, and he's good on the ball. Whereas obviously people like uh, Jefferson Lema have proven to have those characteristics, but what stood out for them initially was their athleticism, was their pace uh, to recover. Uh, and obviously, as you're a young defence midfielder, it's a role that really requires a lot of intelligence and a lot of a bit of experience. Definitely helps uh, if you have that physical advantage. Then it obviously gives you something to get yourself out of trouble and and to kind of recover and catch a few headlines as well. If you run 50 yards to win the ball back, um, but I do think put him in that uh, Wilma Barrios role for Boca, and I think he'll be just absolute class in a in a league with a team that's. Uh, dominant and is is you know looking to play in most games throughout the year. I think he'll be great on the ball. I think he'll win the ball a lot. Um, I, you know, I just think he's just such a smart player. And I think there are a few Colombians with those characteristics coming through. But it is very very interesting how many Colombian number fives we have at the moment who are looking to to, to push for the national team. And I think he's definitely in that conversation. So we'll see. I think in terms of long term future. Definitely see him in a in a Spanish team, someone like Villarreal or Valencia, uh, that kind of team. I think he'd be very, very good, good on the ball. And, and I do think his defensive work is very, very good as well, just in terms of seeing that danger so quickly. Um, the kind of player that you'd always be very happy to have in your team. Uh, and the kind of player as well that I think the stars of the team will go, he's, he's, the, he's the best player. He's the guy who carries us. And I think that's so important as well to have. Uh, someone who's always quick to spot the problems and, and deal with the problems, but then can offer a little bit more as well going forward and maybe keeps themselves under the radar with their style of play, but has that moment of quality to make a difference as well. Tom, maybe maybe something like uh, Real Valladolid could, could be in the future. I, I just really wanted to say the name <laughs> to, to show you that I learned how to say it. Since the you've last you've learned it. I'm impressed. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's our new go-to team that we can link everyone uh, to. You know, I think uh, Ronaldo will have to be giving us some commission. Oh, good one. Good one. Um, Simon, anything else you'd like to add on Camposano before we wrap this up? No, I think that's, I think that's everything, really. It'd be very interesting to see what happens if he stays at Nacional. Nacional fans are very happy he signed a contract he said he's very happy to be at Nacional but there is always that sense that he signed this permanent contract to to cash in for Nacional they had a an option to buy as part of their loan so it was a no-brainer really um they got him in for less than a million and he's already worth a lot more than that um so we'll have to see if he plays next year's Libertadores and that is his chance to shine or whether he makes that move to Argentina uh in December January um, and then we have to see how he does over there. But definitely one to keep an eye on. Just just a fun player to watch and uh, be uh, be valuable from most teams, uh, especially in South America. And then looking to Europe, I think he'll be a valuable acquisition. Well, Simon, thank you so much for joining us on this show. Very quickly, where where can the listeners find you on Twitter? Uh, at Simon Edwards SAF for Colombians and stuff perfect thank you so much that's it for this edition of the scouting spotlight podcast be sure to follow the world football index on twitter you can now subscribe to our podcast on spotify so plenty of ways to listen to us thanks for listening and goodbye